When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Hartford understands protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-size companies like yours to help manage risk, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com. Johann Schmiegel, you've got the world's highest IQ. Yes, 247. Wow. Did you know that thanks to Salesforce with Einstein AI, everyone's smarter? Now everyone's an Einstein, just like you. But I'm the smartest. Not anymore. With connected data and trusted AI, everyone can give customers experiences they've only dreamed of. Oh, look, here's a few Einsteins now. Hey, hi. Hola, amigo. Everyone's an Einstein? It's okay, Johan. Let it happen. The number one AI CRM. Now everyone's an Einstein with Salesforce. Now, from our nation's capital, this is Bloomberg Sound On. This bill will reduce inflationary pressures on the economy. Just the opposite. It's an inflation enhancement. I was a no last week. I was a no last night. And I'll be the first no on the board later today. Bloomberg Sound On. Politics, policy, and perspective. From D.C.'s top names. The motion is adopted. It's a big victory for what I call the purple dent. Yeah, I think, you know, this is all about the Green Party, the money. Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. The economy contracts for a second straight quarter just as Democrats resurrect President Biden's climate and tax agenda. Welcome to the fastest hour in politics on a swirling day in Washington. We'll be joined momentarily by White House advisor Gene Sperling to talk about the argument over recession and what impact this new legislation will have. We'll get another view on this from Mark Goldwine of the Committee for a Responsible Budget later this hour and from our signature panel, Bloomberg Politics contributors Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano with us. They've been focused, of course, on the president's agenda since it was called Build Back Better. You heard the news break right here at this time yesterday. The Schumer Mansion deal, now called the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 comes together. Three major components, climate, health, deficit reduction. A pleased President Biden spoke today from the White House. Experts, even some experts who have criticized my administration in the past, agree that this bill, this bill will reduce inflationary pressures on the economy. It'll be paid for with a 15 percent minimum corporate tax, along with enforcement of tax cheats and an end to carried interests, leaving enough behind to lower the deficit which the White House says in turn will help to cool inflation in itself. Deficit reduction. Of course, you've also got lower drug prices now, assuming this passes to be negotiated with the government. Republicans say, though, it'll do the opposite. It'll make inflation worse. And they were quick to pounce on today's GDP report, showing a second consecutive quarter of contraction. Now, if you've listened to this program the past week or so, you know Republicans are accusing the White House of trying to redefine recession. And we've been around the circle a couple times on this. Here's... House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. Einstein once said, and we all know it, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So what you really should do, just go with changing the definition. 
Maybe people won't hear you or understand it. There it is. But as we've heard from our own economics reporters at Bloomberg here from Mark Zandi two days ago, it's just not that simple. And that's where we start our conversation with Gene Sperling, White House American Rescue Plan Coordinator, Senior Advisor to the President. Gene, it's great to have you back uh, on Bloomberg. Thanks for coming in. I, I'm not going to ask you if we're in a recession. I'm not going to do it. But are you <laughs> worried that we will have to experience one to get inflation under control? Um, well, listen, all we are trying to do is make sure there's a balanced and I think correct view of the state of the economy now and you know, we certainly understand that the global inflation uh, uh, in our country, uh, in the world, is hitting the United States, and it's a little comfort to American families going through the gas line or the grocery line that this is a global problem. They're getting hit with higher prices, and that's a, definitely affecting people's, you know, sentiments about the economy. And, you know, we fully understand that even with the good news, the gas prices are down almost 75 cents now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, the, I think the things we're talking about today uh, offer a more balanced view of the resilience that we're also seeing in the economy, even in the face of the higher interest rates that our independent Fed is instituting. And, you know, one of the things you heard from Chairman Powell, you hear from from us, is that this job market is still very strong. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was just looking 2.7 million jobs over the last seven months. Other than last year, that's the most jobs ever created in the first six months of the year ever in the Mm -hmm. history of our country. And that's why Powell, that's why we... No, that's not consistent with the notion of a contraction yeah. or a downturn. If you looked at the GDP today, you also saw that pe- that, it, that spending in services actually contributed to uh, to growth, and that uh, you saw with bank earnings from Citigroup, J.P. Morgan, they're mm-hmm. saying they're not seeing signs of uh, recession among their vast number of, of consumers. Does that right. mean? You know, we should take a rosy view. No, but I do think that there is another R word out there, and that's resilience. And I huh. think you're seeing resilience that we we can at least hope uh, uh, can help us get from uh, this red hot economy of 2021 to a more stable growth with yeah. lower prices as we go forward. Just to ask you more about the the labor market, because that has been the refrain from the White House and from others, from economists saying, look, this this is not going to end up being a recession. We're not in one now when you have 3.6% unemployment. The president has said that. Uh, Senator John Kennedy, the Republican from Louisiana, was, was talking about this on Fox, and he replied to what the president was saying. I'd love to get your response to that. Here's what he said. He says, yes, but uh, unemployment is low. Unemployment is low. Well, there's a reason for that. People aren't working. Um, You don't look at the unemployment number, you look at the labor force participation rate. And we've had a lot of people retire, and we had a lot of people who refused to go back to work, and they're now riding in the wagon, and everybody else has got to pull the wagon, and the bottom line is the economy sucks. And it's not going to get any better. He's got a way of words, uh, Gene Sperling, but I wonder, (laughs) where is he wrong there? No, he is wrong um, because if you look at what the kind of core core labor force, which is 25 to 54 year olds, it is now fully returned. It's actually stronger than it was prior to 
uh, uh, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, it is true that there, you know, we could there, we're still a little bit behind in getting everybody, uh, uh, some of the older Americans uh, back. But you've actually seen the greatest increase in labor force participation over this period of time. And again, uh, uh, for the 25, 54 year olds, the core workers, it's actually it's actually stronger. So yeah. I, re- I really don't like that uh, notion because it, it's it's somehow blaming that there are people out there who are not, uh, uh, you know, pulling their load. When you're really seeing people coming back, we're using the American Rescue Plan, $40 billion of it to get more people mm-hmm. uh, back in the economy. I do think that there are some issues with COVID and child care that may be inhibiting some people. But I think overall the gains have been strong, yeah. and that certainly does not, you know, uh, uh, negate the very, very strong job market. Mm-hmm. And the unemployment rate reflects that. It's not creating a deceptive picture in any way. Janet Yellen was asked today uh, in her news conference how much the labor market would have to cool or contract, if that's a better word, to bring inflation down. Uh, we didn't get a very clear answer on that because maybe it's not knowable, or I don't know, Gene. Maybe you're not allowed to answer that from from the White House. Do, what's your thought? Well, I think there are some questions that uh, are kind of back days of getting the administration to do what they're not supposed to do, which is comment on the independent monetary policy of the Federal Reserve. But I think what I would say is that um, is that. I think there is a lot of evidence that uh, the things that were in the American Rescue Plan have created a bit more resilience in places in the economy that often have led to contraction in the past. State and local governments contracting right now. They're actually, you know, adding to growth a bit. And, you know, it was interesting when J.P. Morgan did their earnings, they said they didn't see signs of recession. And in fact, they were seeing consumers spending percent more than they were at the, at this time yeah. last year. So I think what I think the hope is is that we have such a strong labor market instead of being a sign uh, uh, instead of looking at that as just a sign of is it their potential overheating mm-hmm. uh, you can look at it also as a sign of resilience that people are working they're pulling in a paycheck they still have some savings and that that actually uh, can put us in a better position to make that transition to more stable growth with lower prices, uh, uh, you know, in a way that doesn't back all the gains we've we've seen in the labor market. If one of the big complaints or one of the big knocks on, on the administration with regard to the economy, Gene, is, is messaging, why not take victory to the point that you were just making for recovering all the jobs lost in COVID? You should. How about put a big neon sign up over the White House? I mean, why get bogged down in an argument over what's a recession? I mean, look, this is challenging, but I think the truth is, is that uh, you have to recognize that that even with record job creation, even with low unemployment, even with lots of better jobs and getting you know what, what? When people go through the grocery line or the or the gas pump and they feel higher prices, you know that hits them hard. And even if they've gotten a raise, they feel like they're giving some of it back. And and I think it, it's important for us to offer a value to recognize that degree of of pain people are feeling at the at the grocery store or the gas pump. But yeah. then at the same 
also to say, wow, look at this. Actually recovered all the private sector jobs already that Mm -hmm. were lost during the pandemic. Uh, Unemployment for all Americans, but for black and Hispanic Americans, are back to where they were after just a little over a year. It took six years for us to do this. Maybe you could buy a plane with one of those banners and fly it over Capitol Hill. That might be an idea. you know, I think, though, if you just do that, then people might feel that you're not recognizing. I understand. They're feeling. And so, really, you know, I know people, you know, the Republicans are trying to say that we're spending this or that way. But I really think, I hope somebody listening to me now realizes we're trying to recognize the squeeze people are feeling, but also giving them an accurate, more balanced view of of the of the points of resilience yeah. to strengthen the economy as well. Gene, thanks for being with us on a busy day. Gene Sperling, senior advisor to the president, with us on GDP Day and Big Deal Day. We'll assemble our panel next. Rick and Jeannie are coming in. This is Bloomberg. Face it, your business is unique. It faces challenges and risks that are specific to your industry and to the skills you and your team bring to every challenge. You need experienced insurance professionals. The Hartford accepts the challenge. The Hartford understands that protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can help provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-sized companies like yours to easily manage risk, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford faces any challenge to deliver innovative, customizable solutions that your industry and your unique company demand. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com. Meet Gary. Gary's about to become an Einstein in an instant. Whoa, Einstein hair. I like it. That's right, Gary, because you're using Salesforce powered by Einstein AI to connect data, predict business trends, generate personalized content, and wow customers. I do feel a lot smarter. Because you're not just Gary anymore. You're Gary, empowered by Einstein AI. Did you hear that, team? I'm an Einstein. Oh, can I get a selfie? The number one AI CRM. Now everyone's an Einstein with Salesforce. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. 243 to 187. Yeah, that means 24 Republicans defied Kevin McCarthy to vote for the CHIP Act or whatever we call it. CHIP Act? The Chips and Science Act? That's it. The Chips and Science Act passes the House. On this vote, the yeas are 243, the nays are 187, one member voting present. The motion is adopted. Madam Speaker, there it is. It's done. On the way to the president, who's, of course, got the pen ready. But there was a last-minute effort to sink this puppy after Republicans heard about this Schumer-Mansion deal on the reconciliation deal. Kevin McCarthy started whipping against it last night. I'm a no on the Senate chips bill that will come to the floor today. I was a no last week. I was a no last night. And I'll be the first no on the board later today. The first of 24. Let's assemble the panel. Gosh, we've got a lot to talk about. With Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano, Bloomberg Politics contributors. Uh, Rick, I'm not sure where to begin here. GDP, not good two consecutive quarters of contraction. 
but a big news deal for Democrats here. Is this a wash today for Joe Biden? I can't figure out where we are. Uh, I think it's a good day for Joe Biden. Yeah. Uh, he didn't get hammered the way most presidents would have with this GDP number. Uh, they did an amazing job of putting everybody out that, that could speak in front of a camera. So it worked? For the last two days to say, oh, no, don't believe what you're reading. And, uh, and I think part of that worked. But the key thing was overlaid on top of that was the big mansion news yesterday and the passage of the CHIPS Act today. This mm-hmm. is a great day for Joe Biden when it comes to his legislative agenda. And so, you know, take some edge off of that by having bad economic news. Um, I mean, you just heard Gene Sperling. You'd have thought we were in a great boom cycle yeah, uh, right. in our economy. So the, the talking heads are doing their job, and I think they're keeping us afloat. But look, that, that bill is going to come. Most of the people who are being talked about as saying it's not a recession are also saying we will likely be in a recession. And so this may feel good today, but uh, the closer we get to the fall – um, uh, the last thing this administration wants to do is find those same people who are saying, now we are in a recession. Right. And that could happen, Jeannie. You might remember a, kind of an unexpected remark from Joe Biden. We could go back and find it. This is from maybe a month or so ago. He said, no, we're not going into recession, though a lot of people think we will next year. This is still a big risk. Janet Yellen talked about it today. There's a war in Ukraine that's not going away yet. Uh, there are supply chain problems that, despite the CHIPS Act, not going away yet. We've got a pandemic that still is shutting down areas in China. Uh, How careful should the White House be if we're about to step into a real recession? Yeah, I think they have to be careful with this semantic game. You know, they did win, and I agree with Rick, the day. And they won because the headlines... People adopted this this idea that despite, you know, since the 1940s, defining a recession colloquially one way, technically it's another. And and people are now saying things like we're moving towards a recession. Well, this has, you know, is dangerous for the president because he did the same thing with inflation. Right. Mm -hmm. It's transitory. It's not here. And then all of a sudden it's here. So, Mm -hmm. you know, this, I think, can be a dangerous game for them because. Politically, they're right economically, but politically, if people are feeling pain, they really don't care how you define a recession. And they do think that the president seems out of touch. And that's why his poll numbers are down. That aside, what a great day for the administration in terms of chips <laughs> and moving towards reconciliation. So who said that two out of three ain't bad? That's well, pretty good. I guess. Yeah, you were. And I know <laughs> you were Kenny holding Rogers? out I don't know. for a positive number. I think that's meatloaf, but <laughs> oh, I don't meatloaf, know. Meatloaf, you're I'll, right. I'll... I'm sorry, meatloaf. <laughs> Jeez, it's okay. Rick, I don't uh, I don't know how you square this uh, in administration that's trying to put a good shine on 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 what Senator John Kennedy referred to as an economy that sucks. Is it a messaging problem or is there more involved here? No, I think there's more involved here. I think that um, um, part of it is demographics. Right. We're, we're, We're actually transitioning out of a, a group of people, you know, and certainly I'm in that category who, you know, have been a major driver of the economy for the last, you know, 30 years mm. and we're aging out. And and I think, you know, part of what the senator was talking about was, you know, people over 65, you know, yes. people over 55, they're just not going back to work. Um, and uh, and and that wouldn't be, you know, uh, that big a deal if it wasn't such a large portion of the population. There needs and, to be a much louder conversation about that because that, I mean, that that's big stuff. Those are big long-term trends that that we haven't gotten our arms around. Uh, you know, Janet Yellen was asked in her news conference, Jeannie, about the inflationary impact of, of this reconciliation bill. She was asked, I believe, by the Wall Street Journal if she could quantify it, and she could not. 
does this White House also need to be a little bit careful on the impact this could have? I mean, they're they're talking about having an impact on people's uh, household budgets the minute he signs it. Yeah, that's right. And, and this is the argument, you know, the conservatives are out there saying we're in an, infl- you know, it's an inflationary period. We're at nine percent and you're putting in one day four hundred billion dollars potentially into the economy. And that is going to be inflationary. On the other hand, a lot of smart people argue this is deflationary. You're bringing down the cost of, you know, yeah. you're bringing down the deficit. You're bringing right. down the cost of prescription drugs. And that's all very, very helpful to the economy. Wait. Well, we haven't figured it out yet, but maybe we will by the end of this hour. We've got Mark Goldwine coming in next from the Committee for a Responsible Budget. His view on this, the report today and where the economy is going. By the way, two very different takes you're about to hear. As we try to learn more about this on the fastest hour in politics, this is Bloomberg. The headline on the terminal says it all. Biden counters GOP recession talk by touting job gains. Well, that's certainly been the case. The president Talking up low unemployment as the sign that we are not in a recession, along with his surrogates, including Gene Sperling, who was with us a short time ago. But after this morning's GDP report showing a second consecutive quarter of contraction, Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader in the House, sees things a bit differently. This news is a grim milestone that points towards more hardship, more suffering, and more pain for the American people. Okay, so... As usual, the American people are caught between these two extreme talking points, neither of which fully reflecting where we are. That's why we wanted to talk to Mark Goldwine. Uh, Senior Policy Director is the title at the Committee for a Responsible Budget. Mark, it's great to have you back. I'm not sure if I should start with the recession or the legislation, but let's just go in order here. I, I mentioned the GDP report already. Uh, your concerns about this, the, the administration's bending over backwards to convince us we are not in a recession. And most economists say, well, we don't know yet. But how worried are we about sliding into one based on what you see under the hood here? Yeah, I, I don't think we're in a recession. When you look at the labor market, you look at strong consumption. I think what we're in right now is an inflation crisis. And the risk is that going forward, that could turn into a recession as we as we try to fight down inflation. Yeah. So that becomes a story next year or late this year? Yeah, well, it may happen late this year, but not be a story till next year. I think yeah. the timing is really uncertain. But here's the trade-off. To fight inflation, the Federal Reserve needs to raise interest rates. Right. And the more that the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, the bigger the risk that they throw us into a recession. We've talked about the chances of, you know, sticking the landing here and a soft landing to be exact, Mark. And the odds are not with the Fed. They have a history. The policymakers have a history of overshooting, starting too late in overshooting. Uh, does that mean they need to start or at least, you know, stop hiking or even start cutting sooner than the Fed appears to be prepared for? I don't think so. I think the bigger risk here is persistent inflation. Mm-hmm. If inflation gets baked in, it becomes a lot harder to fight. So they may very well overshoot. They should try their best not to. But I don't think yeah. now's the time to pull back. So let's talk about this deal. Uh, Manchin Schumer, now Biden is behind it. They say it will lower inflation Larry Summers was apparently uh, the party to convince Joe Manchin. I was fascinated by this uh, this backroom talk that, that that this, in fact, would lower prices, that this would not be inflationary. And that's what got him back on board in talks with Chuck Schumer. What does the Committee for a Responsible Budget see? Uh, frankly, I don't think Senator Manchin needs convincing um, that on what will and won't lower inflation. He's well, been ahead of talk the to me then, for Mark. a while now. Um, this, this bill is going to reduce the prices that households and businesses pay, 
And it's probably going to reduce the macroeconomic inflation by taking some money out of the economy. It's not going to solve inflation on its own, but it's going to be rowing in the same direction in the Fed, making their inflation fighting job easier. Okay, so you see uh, you see the White House uh, telling the right story here in terms of deficit reduction as well. Is it possible to quantify that when it comes to inflation or are we going to have to give this some time? I think we're going to give this some time. Because of the nature of how this phases in, um, I think that the most obvious inflationary impacts um, are going to be very hard to measure in the near term. And it's going to be more the intangible stuff that matters quicker. How much is lower prices and lower expectations helping with this wage price spiral? What this is really going to do is provide some insurance against inflation remaining too high for, for several years. And it may just allow the Fed to raise rates a little bit less. Um, which reduces our inflation, excuse me, our recession risk as well. Okay. That sounds pretty good to me, Mark. There's been more argument over uh, the CHIP Act and whether, in fact, that would help to lower inflation, realizing that, you know, Democrats and Republicans agree that it's needed and there's a national security aspect to it. There's a supply chain aspect. Can you actually connect the dots directly to inflation, though? Yeah, I'm I'm skeptical, frankly. Uh, there's certainly reasons to do more investment. But more, more spending of that magnitude is going to increase demand faster than it's going to increase supply. So while it, it may be good for our long-term growth, I'm skeptical the CHIPS Act is going to help much with inflation. Even in the long term, uh, and I realize yeah. it's impossible to predict, but we're talking about a pretty big change in that industry. In the long term, it may result in, in stronger economic growth. I, mm-hmm. I still have faith in the Federal Reserve over a long period of time that we are going to get inflation under control regardless. So it it may on that be a good bill, but I'm very skeptical it's going to help us with our current inflation challenges. We heard earlier uh, from Senator John Kennedy was playing a remark that he made uh, on Fox talking about the White House really misunderstanding the economy, which he described, uh, I believe, as one that sucks. Uh, (laughs) I realize that's not a scientific term here, Mark, but how would you describe it? Uh, Yeah, it's not great. Look, there's some parts of the economy that are actually quite strong. We have a good labor market right now. We have good consumption. But inflation is killing us. It's it's eating away all of our wage gains, all of our economic growth. And so I describe this as an economy in inflation crisis. And that should be the number one priority in terms of what we need to get under control. Mark Goldwine is Senior Policy Director, Committee for a Responsible Budget. Great to have you back, Mark, and thank you for the insights. As I mentioned, Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, she held a news conference today and was asked about the inflationary impact here, just like we discussed with Mark. What would this actually do in terms of data, Madam Secretary? I don't have numerical estimates for you, but um, I see that as making a very important contribution to lowering the cost of prescription drugs, which is, um, for many households, a very severe burden on their household budgets. This is something that um, policymakers and members of Congress have sought to um, accomplish for many, many years, and it's a great achievement if it can become law and will Uh, certainly help. If it can become law. We've still got some things to figure out here. How easy or difficult will this be for Chuck Schumer to get across the finish line? We'll turn it back to the panel next. Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano with us for the hour, their insights. I'm Joe Matthew in Washington. Glad you joined us on the fastest hour in politics. We'll check traffic and markets for you on the way as well. And if you're just showing up, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. 
Why haven't you already? This is Bloomberg. Face it, your business is unique. It faces challenges and risks that are specific to your industry and to the skills you and your team bring to every challenge. You need experienced insurance professionals. The Hartford accepts the challenge. The Hartford understands that protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can help provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-sized companies like yours to easily manage risk, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With experience in underwriting, risk engineering services and claims, the Hartford faces any challenge to deliver innovative, customizable solutions that your industry and your unique company demand. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com. Meet Gary. Gary's about to become an Einstein in an instant. Whoa, Einstein hair. I like it. That's right, Gary, because you're using Salesforce powered by Einstein AI to connect data, predict business trends, generate personalized content, and wow customers. I do feel a lot smarter. Because you're not just Gary anymore. You're Gary, empowered by Einstein AI. Did you hear that, team? I'm an Einstein. Oh, can I get a selfie? The number one AI CRM. Now everyone's an Einstein with Salesforce. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. The bill is being scrubbed right now, as they say, by the Senate parliamentarian. What did I see? 725 pages. It's going to be some good Sunday reading for a lot of lawmakers who say they need to see the text first. Of course, I wonder how many will pour through 700 plus pages. As I read on the terminal, they will be doing so. Uh, as they set up a vote for next week, that's at least the hope for Chuck Schumer, who says that he's been in touch with the progressive wing of the Democratic Party. If you were with us yesterday, you know there are concerns about this. Build back better. This is not. But it does appear that progressives are on board. Here's Chuck Schumer. Well, I talked to this progress- the CPC today. Uh, 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 Congresswoman Jayapal was very laudatory of the agreement, as was just about everybody on the phone. Everyone real. Speaker Pelosi said it best. She said, when you look at this agreement, you don't look at what's not in it. All of us would have wanted more in it. You look at what's in it, and what's in it is dramatic, significant, and will move America forward a great deal. Let's reassemble the panel to talk about the way forward here with Rick Davis and Jeannie Shanzano, Bloomberg Politics contributors. Uh, Do you take him at his word there, first of all, Jeannie, when it comes to progressive Democrats? Do they have any choice but to vote yes for this? They have a choice. I think they should vote yes for it. I, I obviously they're not, you know, completely happy with what's in there. But to his point, or what's not in there, but to his point, there's a lot in there that they can mm-hmm. like. But you know, there is a danger always. They dig into the details. You know, I've heard people talk about things like drilling on federal lands. That can be something that raises red flags. So there's always things a pipeline. There's always things that can frustrate progressives and frustrate other people. Mm-hmm. That said. Democrats would be wise to move this forward as quickly as possible. This would be foolish for a Democrat to vote against. I'm assuming, uh, Rick, what's your view, whether it's progressives concerned about what is not in the bill or moderates concerned about what's not in the bill, i.e. salt? Do they have to just drop those worries and go vote? 
Oh, well, yeah, that's the only choice they have. There's not going to be any amendments to this bill. They, yeah. they couldn't get anything uh, done on that. And and look, I mean, the progressives wanted that child tax credit. It is a fundamental aspect of what they were after, you know, in the original Build Back Better plan. Mm-hmm. As you point out, you know, uh, uh, you know, big states like California, New Jersey, New York wanted that salt uh, deal. People are going to come out with a half a loaf. But the half a loaf they got is a lot more than they were about to get. I mean, the timing of this is really what's key, which is this is the only shot you've got left this year. Uh, There won't be another reconciliation bill. You're going to be lucky to have this if you can get this done. Uh, You'll have a talking point in the fall, you know, for the elections. And 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 so, you know, yes or no. And, And look, they. Unlike today's vote with the chip act in the House, you got 24 Republicans. You're not going to get any Republicans on this one. So the yep, Democrats right. have their back up against the wall. They can only bleed four votes, and and everyone's going to have to hold hands and say, you know, regardless of whether we got what we wanted, we're going to say yes to this. Keeping in mind, this includes the biggest tax hike in years. It keeps much of the the Trump tax cuts in place. Uh, but listen to the president with regard to how it will be paid for. Now, I know you've never heard me say this before. It will come as a shock to you, but 55 of the Fortune 500 companies paid no federal income tax in 2020. I know you only heard me say that about 10,000 times, but the fact is they paid no taxes on an income, collective income, over $40 billion. Well, guess what? This bill ends that. It's because they're going to have to pay a minimum of 15% tax. Okay, Kirsten Cinema has an allergy to tax hikes. Rick, does that keep her hesitant to vote yes for this, or are you confident that she's on board? Uh, I'm not confident she's on board. Uh, if this had been a revision of the Trump tax cuts from uh, his administration, I could tell you with some confidence that she would have been opposed to the changes there. The fact that this is uh, strictly limited to a corporate tax uh, and really a, a tax on Wall Street um, you know, maybe there's a window to get her support. But as you point out, she has been vehement about not wanting to slow the economy because of, you know, the, uh, the pursuit of revenue through taxation. And, uh, and I've not heard her put out a statement yet on this bill. Uh, we got a statement from uh, Representative Sarah Jacobs of California. That was the, the present vote, voted present on the CHIPS Act. And uh, we've been in touch with her Bloomberg Radio reached out and they just returned a statement saying that the the package a big win for the country, especially the San Diego region. Uh, after consulting with the House Ethics Committee, get this: Congresswoman Jacobs voted present in order to maintain transparency, ethical standards, and to prevent a personal conflict of interest regarding the contents of that bill. Uh, I guess that's a good thing, Jeannie. But but what does that mean? You know, it, it means that she's decided that for personal reasons, it would be a conflict for her to vote either way for or against yeah. it. And she would have probably been for it if it wasn't for this personal she conflict. She tied to the industry, do we know, Matt? I'm just talking to producer Matt Shirley, yeah. who's in touch with their office. We'll find out for you and let you know. It's the kind of thing that voters probably appreciate, to be honest with you. Uh, as we spend time with our panel, Rick and Jeannie, with us on Bloomberg Sound On, I want to talk about something that no one is talking about today, and that's a different piece of legislation, the PACT Act. I think this is on your radar, Rick. It probably is yours as well, Jeannie. For those of you who haven't heard about it, this is uh, the vote that would uh, provide health care coverage for millions of veterans who were exposed to toxic burn pits uh, in in Vietnam-era veterans exposed to Agent Orange. It it is being held up in the Senate now. 
in a move that some people think uh, is retribution for this deal coming together. They had to whip against something, so they chose this. Senator Pat Toomey says it's, it includes budgetary gimmicks. Democrats are outraged. And even John Stewart came to town today. He, he took part in a news conference with the Speaker of the House outside the U.S. Capitol, and he was lit up over this. So ain't this a bitch? Yeah. America's heroes who fought in our wars outside sweating their asses off with oxygen, battling all kinds of ailments, while these motherfuckers sit in the air conditioning, walled off from any of it. They don't have to hear it. They don't have to see it. They don't have to understand that these are human beings. Do you get it yet? Do we see that these are these aren't heroes? Pretty tough talk here, Rick. Uh, we saw the impact that John Stewart had on the the to, the effort to help firefighters who got cancer from the toxins uh, from the towers falling on 9/11. Do you think he can make a difference here? Well, he has. I mean, he's been going at this for quite some time. Even just to get a vote uh, in the Senate was a pretty big accomplishment for okay. John Stewart. And and you know, look, I mean, he's rightly uh, upset. Uh, am I am I framing the obstruction correctly on this? You know, look, I don't know how much of this is a retribution to uh, you know to sort of getting hoodwinked on the uh, on the reconciliation bill. Um, I'm a little surprised Pat Toomey has taken the position he's taken because he has been supportive of veterans' issues in the past, and uh, yeah. and and he's not running for re-election. And I mean, this right. was kind of a an easy yes. Um, so uh, the 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 bill fell five votes short. Uh, it didn't get uh, the 60 votes it needed to get to the next stage of the legislative process. And um, and I have absolutely no doubt that John Stewart will be back up in the fall trying to get another bill up uh, to see if he can get it passed. Does this see the light of day again, Jeannie? Well, the goal John Stewart said today was to not let the Senate recess until this is done. And so, that's you know, unlikely. he's yeah, that's unlikely. But that's that's what he publicly stated. And, yeah. and you know, it just um, I, I think an enormous miss on the part of the Republicans. They voted for this bill on June 16th, 84 to 14 to come back today on a procedural issue and to vote against it. it you know, it, it's really unconscionable when you think about it. These are people dying horrifically of cancer and other yeah. diseases who desperately need this bill passed and so uh, you know i think they should stay in the idea they'd go home for recess and leave this hanging mm -hmm. and let's not forget it passed the the house by you know overwhelmingly 380 right. or something uh bipartisan so you know it, and it, it's it's a procedural issue and that's where it's unconscionable well you know it's interesting the president talked about this the state of the union rick uh, why not make some noise about this while republicans are hammering him on inflation why don't, you, why don't you make this a, a cause for the administration? You know, look, I think that, um, you know, the administration probably has in the past uh, spoken out on, on this issue. I think that, um, you know, they're having, as we talked earlier in the show, a, a really good day, you know, to take your eye off of uh, the sort of seminal um, uh, legislative work that's being done here, you know, uh, around the reconciliation package and the CHIP Act mm -hmm. to talk to talk about something that actually didn't work. Um you know, I mean, I'm, I'd be sitting in the White House going, wow, you know, like, we'll get around to that in a minute. You know, yes, let's not okay. let's not digress. Understood. Um, you know, he needs a, the president needs a victory lap like nobody does. And the fact that it comes on a day when John Stewart got punched in the face by the Republicans in the Senate, you know, is, is you know, it, it, it doesn't mean that uh, the president doesn't sort of uh, 
uh, feel the pain with John Stewart, but mm-hmm. um, you know, live to fight another day. Why doesn't John Stewart run for governor of New York, Jeannie? Would you get on that campaign? Hey, hey I'd work. For, I'd work for him. I think you know, but I think he likes to be out there. I think he likes to be yeah. pushing causes he cares about. You know, right. and being governor—that's awfully hard. That's an actual <laughs> job. You got to actually do some work there. Uh, Rick and Jeannie, thank you so much. Our signature panel for a reason. The best in the business. Boy, did we get a lot done today. And it's not over yet. I'll meet you back here tomorrow on the fastest hour in politics. We call it Sound On. I'm Joe Matthew in Washington. We'll take care of you on the way home. Traffic markets stay right here. Daybreak Asia on the way. As you would expect with more breaking news on Bloomberg Radio. This is Bloomberg. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. The Hartford understands protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-size companies like yours to help manage risk, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com. Join global business leaders and investors at the Bloomberg Sustainable Business Summit, returning to Singapore on July 31st. Take part in solutions-driven discussions on how to drive business value and unlock opportunity while remaining nimble in times of change and greater ESG accountability. Learn more at BloombergLive.com slash SustainableBizSingapore. That's BloombergLive.com slash SustainableBizSingapore.